0: Movie. Viva Danang! Oh, viva Danang! Danang me, Danang me, why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, it's a little too early for being that loud. Hey, too late. It's O six hundred. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that throwback Magnon, Marty Drywood? Thank you, Marty, for silky smooth sound, make me soft. Sound- well,
1: that was from a clip called "Good Morning Vietnam." And welcome to my world and thank you for joining me today. Let me get organized here. Um, I'm going to be reading you two pieces today and I hope you will jot down the names and I hope this will motivate you to look further. Um, Before I get started, um, the Silicon Valley bank guy is heading to Hawaii and I didn't hear a single person yell out at him. Not a peep out of the crowd, right? They're robbing us blind. All of this is going to be on the backs of the taxpayers. Make no mistake about that. And also, still no dioxin tests in Ohio. What's up with that? Seems like they want to hide the dioxin angle, right? Okay, so I have two articles today. And amazingly enough, Robin Williams in that clip, Good Morning Vietnam, is a 1987 American war comedy set in saigon in 1965 during the vietnam war the film stars robin williams as a radio dj on armed forces radio service so the script for good morning vietnam was written as a comedy just like the poor people in bikini Atoll couldn't even keep their own name which was bikini because of the arrogance of the u.s military needed to change their name to bikini so yeah, so we write comedies out of these things. Pretty pretty surprising, huh? And because I have spoken in the past about the U.S. military legacy in other countries, such as Bikini Atoll, Marshall Islands, and they didn't do the Russian one, but they were part of it, um, because I've spoken about the tragedy inflicted on those countries, along with Iraq and all those poor, deformed children, I would like to stand in solidarity with the people in Vietnam. Um, Vietnam is quietly over there, and they were the first ground zero on this dioxin business, okay? So I think we owe it to the kind people in Vietnam to speak their name and document what went on and what is still going on today. The first one is titled... 50 Years After, A Daunting Cleanup of Vietnam's Toxic Legacy. From 1962 to 1971, the American military sprayed vast areas of Vietnam with Agent Orange, leaving dioxin contamination that has severely affected the health of three generations of Vietnamese, now, the U.S. and Vietnamese governments have joined together in a massive cleanup project. In this article, 50 years after, a daunting cleanup of Vietnam's toxic legacy was written by George Black in May of 2019. In the thriving industrial city of Binh Hoa, about 20 miles east of Ho Chi Minh City, the former Saigon, there is a large airbase just beyond a sweeping bend in the Dong Nai River. During the American War in Vietnam, it is said to be the busiest airport in the world. Since the war ended in 1975, a dense cluster of four residential neighborhoods have grown up around the base. Their total population is perhaps 111,000, while the base itself, now home to advanced long-range fighter bombers of the Vietnam People's Air Force has another 1,200 permanent residents. A small drainage canal no more than 8 or 10 feet wide snakes its way from the west end of the runway, an area known as Pacer, Ivy, for half a mile or so through one of these densely packed neighborhoods, which is called Boulong, B-U-U-L-O-N-G. On a sweltering afternoon last month toward the end of the dry season, the canal was no more than a stagnant greenish-brown murk strewn with garbage and choked in places with water hyacinths. Nonetheless, a middle-aged woman who introduced herself as Mrs. Mai, M-A-I, was washing her hands and feet in the filthy water. Nearby, a fisherman was sitting on a low cement wall near the mouth of the canal. Nothing was biting. The The problem for Boulong, however, is what can't be seen. And this is critical, just like the radiation they're now using in my home. You can't see it. You don't know it until it's really got you, right? Okay. The canal is heavily contaminated with the most contaminate. Hold on a second. Hey, stop. Come on. Let me start over again. I thought everybody was settled around here. Okay. The canal is heavily contaminated with the most toxic substance ever created by humans, dioxin, the unintended byproduct of the defoliant known as Agent Orange, for the color-coded band on the 55-gallon barrels in which it was stored before being loaded onto the lumbering C-123 aircraft at the Binh Hau base and sprayed over vast areas of Vietnam. During the U.S. Air Force campaign, known as Operation Ranch Hand, Agent Orange was used to strip bare the coastal mangroves of the Mygon Delta and the dense triple category forest that concealed enemy fighters and supply lines. The cleanup at Ben Howe Air Force, that's B-I-E-N, please look these places up, please let's show some solidarity with these people and understand what they went through, B-I-E-N, next word, H-O-A, airbase, will involve treating enough contaminated soils to fill 200 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Ben Ha was the largest of the two air bases that served as the main hubs of the campaign. The other was the coastal city of Danang, D-A-N-A-N-G, 500 miles to the north. By the time Operation Ranch Hand ended in 1971, one-sixth of South Vietnam had been blanketed with 20 million gallons of herbicides and as many as 4.8 million Vietnamese civilians had been exposed to the spray. In the chaos of wartime, both at Bien Hao and Da Nang, there was a good deal of human error. I'm going to leave my comments to the side on these things, okay? I don't believe it was human error for a second. But anyways, I'll just try to read. I really want you to absorb this and fill in your own snarky comments, okay? Lethal chemicals were mishandled, spilled, or carelessly disposed of. Thousands of gallons leaked onto the soil from bulk storage tanks. But now, 50 years after the contamination occurred, the time has finally come to clean up Ben Hau Air Base. Both U.S. and Vietnamese officials call it one of the biggest and most complex environmental remediation projects in the world. It will involve the treatment of enough I already said this, contaminated soil to fill 200 Olympic-sized swimming pools, and it will cost at least $390 impossibly and possibly much more. Dioxin is actually a family of more than 400 chemical compounds, of which the deadliest is 2, 3, 7, 8. Or the word you're looking for is very simple, T-C-D-D. Okay, T-C-D-D. In the context of the war in Vietnam, this is what the word dioxin means. So you're looking for dioxin or TCDD. And I'm reading from their words, and I have a little bit of difficulty. No one set out deliberately to spray dioxin on Vietnam. But war is defined by catastrophic accidents as well as deliberate cruelty. And Agent Orange may have been the worst of them. The defoliant was created by combining two chemicals. Each of them was toxic in its own right, but neither contained dioxin. To meet the well, what happened? They may say that in a bit here, but what happens is when you mix chemicals, the compound you get is dioxin. They're not spraying dioxin on us. It's the mixture of chemicals that become dioxin. And that's your science lesson for the day. <laughs> Taking me a long time to get my head around all the science stuff, but yeah. Dioxin is created by chemicals, okay? To meet the relentless demand from the Pentagon, the production process was accelerated, raising the mixture to a higher temperature, and that is what created the dioxin. So mixing these two chemicals is how they created this dioxin, okay? The scale of contamination at Ben Howe is hard to wrap one's head around. The presence of dioxin is measured in parts per trillion, In sediments, the level considered tolerable by the Vietnamese government is 150 ppt, okay? So 150 ppt is acceptable, okay? In the Boulong Canal, the highest concentration found was 3,370, surpassing the limit by more than 20-fold. As for soils, the maximum levels set by the Vietnam Vietnamese government ranged from 40 in croplands to 1,200 in industrial areas. And they said that uh, the concentration from Ben Hau base, B-I-E-N, blaze that word into your brain, kids, Ben Hau. H-O-A. Those communities deserve our attendance and solidarity. So they got hit. That was about 800 times the threshold, 1,300 hot. High- thirteen hundred times higher than the stricter standards used in the United States. As a result of the spills at Bienhao, Dioxin has a half a, excuse me as a result of the spills at How, Dioxin has for half a century seeped silently and invisibly into neighborhoods like Boolong. Flushing downhill during the rainy season, borne on the wind as dust, and deposited in the sediment at the bottom of the drainage canal. Accumulating steadily as it moves up the food chain, it is the ponds people fish in and the fish they eat, the ducks and chickens they raise in their yards, and the breast milk that nourishes their newborn infants. And that's another thing, I'll just, I'll try not to interject too much, but, you know, they're making all this baby form in this country. Are they making it with distilled water or are they making it with the <laughs> toxic stuff? Well, if you guessed they're making baby form with distilled water, you would have guessed wrong because that wouldn't contaminate babies as much as all these PFLSs would. So, okay. Soon after the war ended, the Vietnamese, as well as American veterans, became aware of alarming new patterns of disease. No one will ever know how many have died of the conditions that are now known to be associated with exposure to dioxin, including nine different kinds of cancer. But the singular horror of TCDD is its epigenetic effects, causing changes in gene expression that can be transmitted from one generation to the next. The consequences are visible in Vietnam's orphanages and rural villages: children and adults with grotesque facial deformities, matchstick limbs that splay out at unnatural angles, these swollen and distorted heads that denote hydrocephalus. The accumulation, hydrocephalus, is an accumulation of brain fluid in the brain. I know that because I worked at a infant care place, <laughs> traumatized me years ago because. When you, if you hit a kid with a, if you hit if you beat a kid, you get hydrocephalus. So anyway, so um, the next best guess is that a many of a million Vietnamese have disabilities that may have been attributed to Agent Orange, according to Nguyen Dao D A O, president of the Dong of the Dong Nai Province. Office, okay, well, at least I'm consistent. I did it again. I cut myself off and so I'm going to be picking up from where I left off. Okay, I was talking last about kids with swollen brains and let me see here. The best guess is that as many as a million Vietnamese have disabilities that may be attributed to Agent Orange. According to Yin Dao, president of the Dong Nai Pro province office of this is important to know Vietnamese Association of Victims of Agent Orange there are 1,055 in Hoa City and more than 14,000 in the province as a whole and new cases are still appearing in the third generation to be born since the war ended often the pathway of disease is hard to trace with certainty In a neighborhood called Trung Dung, a few hundred yards south of the base, that's T-R-U-N-G-D-U-N-G, a a few hundred yards south of the air base, I'm reading what he's saying, I met a man named New Kin. He was born four years after the war ended. His emaciated legs are bent and deformed in a way that frequently afflicts Agent Orange victims. But unlike many, he has retained the full use of his arms and his upper body strength. Ken has fought to overcome his disabilities, selling lottery tickets to supplement his meager government pension, becoming a medal-winning wheelchair racer, and recently getting married. Although, he said, I am worried about having children in case I pass my disability on to them. Funny thing that all this stuff could be figured out with testing, right? But, okay. Um, when you don't do the test, you don't have to hide from the results, right? Just like if you want to run around and scream, you don't t- trust the government, but yet you leave your children in direct access to them, or you leave yourself in direct access to them, it's a dual thing. You can't have it both ways. You either don't trust the government or you do. And if you don't trust them, you don't leave the children to be in charge of them, right? You don't leave them in charge of the children. You don't leave them in charge of your water. So, the pathway is hard to tell with certainty. In a neighborhood called Trung Dung, okay, I read that, Um, he's selling lottery tickets. Yeah, this is the legacy of the U.S. military. Why is that guy selling lottery tickets? Okay, um, so um, he said, I am worried about having children in case I pass my disability on to them, he said. But where did his disabilities come from in the first place? Were they passed on to him by his father, who fought for years on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, which wound its way in and out of Laos and Vietnam and was a prime target of the spring? Or were they the result of growing up in Trong Dung and eating the food that was produced there? Just two blocks from Ken's house is Bien Hung Lake. A popular recreational spot that was heavily contaminated by a wartime spill at the airbase. We only heard that Agent Orange was toxic in 2003, said Ken's widowed mother. Before that, it was only a rumor. And this is sounding very familiar to me because people in East Palestine, Ohio, are only hearing things. As rumors and no real official statements. Funny how this always works, time and time again. On a recent April morning, at the edge of the Pacer Ivy, P A C E R Ivy area, there was a row of red ribbon, ribbon <laughs> ribbons. There was a row of red ribbons waiting to be cut. Of course, they're red ribbons, right? These freaks. One for each of a bipartisan group of senators seven Democrats and two Republicans headed by Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont who has made it his mission to address the humanitarian legacy of the war. Nearby, two yellow backhoes with the insignia of the U.S. Agency for International Development or also called USAID stood nearby to scoop out the first symbolic shovelfuls of contaminated soil. USAID recently appealed to U.S. veterans groups to search their memories for possible additional areas of contamination. You know the interesting thing—I don't know if I said this in the other segments, but I don't care. But why, why have we always accepted them sending the criminals back to the crime scene? <laughs> I mean, really, the people at Norfolk Southern are still in charge of that. I consider Ohio crime scene; they're still in charge there. <laughs> so, why is that? What, what, where did we slack off that we started letting these people do the crimes and investigate themselves? <laughs> okay. Later in the day, at a hotel in Biennale City, there would be a second ceremony that seemed every bit as important as the first. This one was to sign an agreement for a new five year commitment of an anticipated 50 to 60 million in humanitarian aid to people with severe disabilities in provinces that were sprayed with Agent Orange or otherwise contaminated by a dioxin. Above all, it is important to emphasize this is about people, Lee, he says. We need to clean up being how, but our goal is to improve people's lives. It just warms my heart to hear this from these people. To help people with disabilities achieve whatever their potential is, to end the stigma against people with disabilities, and to help their families. And to never mention that the U.S. military... Just kidding. (laughs) Speakers on both sides, from Vietnamese generals to the U.S. ambassador, lauded the new spirit of friendship and cooperation between former enemies. It was a remarkable moment because, for decades, Agent Orange was the biggest obstacle to reconciliation. Not until 2006 were scientists, politicians, and nonprofit organizations—love those NGOs, right?—able to find an acceptable framework and language for dealing with his legacy. The breakthrough was due largely to a series of studies funded by the Ford Foundation spearheaded by Charles Bailey who was in charge of the foundation's Hanoi office from 1997 to 2007. Good for Charles Bailey of the Ford Foundation good for him. Building on the earlier fa- findings of Vietnamese and Canadian scientists building on it right in 2007 they, they denied it for all this time right so good for them they're admitting it right which had established the link between dioxin and contamination of the food chain in rural areas, these studies surveyed every one of the 2,735 former U.S. military facilities in South Vietnam. Most facilities were now safe, but they identified three hot spots, Da Nang, D-A-N-A-N-G, Bien Hoa, and the smaller airbase at Phu Cat. Phu Cat were the levels of dioxin posed a serious ongoing threat to public health, but Bien Hoa B I E N H O A was by far the worst. Phu Cat was quickly cleaned up without the need for U.S. assistance. Next came Da Nang, a six-year project that was completed last October. It cost. 110 million, of which 100 million came from the State Department, channeled through USAID. And also, they note here, the EPA has all these different fund categories. Okay, and the funds are really how they eventually will steal your (laughs) steal your property and stuff. (laughs) But anyway, so um, this they have these different categories. Okay, so. Da Nang is classified as a mega-site. And a mega-site... This is all about money, right? A mega-site is one costing more than $50 million. Um, Hao visited last October, will be much more expensive, and the cleanup will take at least 10 years. And I don't know if I mentioned this before in the other segment, but remember that the cleanup they did at Marshall Island is now leaking into the ocean. (laughs) So... Their idea of a cleanup is usually a more deadly response, right? Because Marshall Island was, what, the 50s? And that is leaking massive amounts of radiation into the ocean there. So their idea of a cleanup needs to be taken with kind of a grain of salt, I would say. Um, Okay. The sheer volume of soil and sediments that has to be remediated is staggering. In Da Nang, it was nearly 90,000 cubic feet. In Bien Howe, it was 495,000. This is already double the original estimate. It just may turn out to be more. The footprint of the air base was a little different during the war. This office was talking about, um, this was the one that um, wanted veterans to search their memories for possible additional areas of contaminant. Well, that tells me that they weren't really writing much stuff down, right? They weren't jotting down many notes here. Okay. So, yeah, the initial cost estimate of $390 million is likely to rise for such a complex project, but this huge amount is based on a necessary compromise. <clears throat> this is where the worst way... How you create a dioxin is you burn chemicals, okay? In Ohio, they burned those chemicals. Those chemicals became a dioxin, right? You don't start off with a dioxin. A dioxin is created by burning chemicals, okay? In Ohio, they set that whole thing off by burning those chemicals because they wanted to get those trains moving faster, right? they wanted to get those trains running through that town again, and if they declared that town a disaster, those trains wouldn't keep rolling, right? It's all about the money, right? So you create the dioxin by burning things. So here's where I start to get really concerned about this here, right, okay? Because what what they're talking about doing in Vietnam is burning this stuff to get rid of it, and that's exactly what they're doing in this country. Probably why they're not doing any tests. Now, I've only been studying to be a scientist for the last month or two, okay? (laughs) So maybe I have this wrong, but it is my distinct impression that the worst thing you could do with a with a with contamination is to burn it because that is what releases the dioxins. So maybe I have this confused, and maybe all these other people that are talking about burn this up maybe they maybe they've all got it right. Okay, but here's what um where did I start to go off here um oh okay so. They said the surest way of getting rid of dioxin is incineration. Now, I have the completely opposite impression of this dioxin business, okay? But at how, the price tag for that might have risen to 1.4 billion. So they're planning on burning it in how okay? Instead, instead, the least severely contaminated soils and sediments will be contained in a landfill. Yeah, we've seen how they do their landfills, right? Well, the worst will be treated with a technology called thermal conductive heating. This was used in Da Nang, where the dioxin-laden material was superheated to 335 degrees Celsius in a gigantic oven, a low white nut structure at the end of the main runway. So at the end of this runway, these people are living around this area, Right. It takes nothing away from the significance of the cleanup to say that it can't be that it can't by itself bury the legacy of Agent Orange.
0: The,
1: the remediation is very important because it will solve the problems inside the airbase and prevent any further spread of dioxin. I got to tell you, I've never been educated by these people. I've never been to scientist school, but this is sounding horrific to me, okay? This is sounding like a horrific solution. <laughs> um the number the author there was this author of several studies of the contamination of locally produced food dietary habits risk assessment and risk reductions in neighborhoods around the Donang and Bien Ha bases but the problem is that it has been spreading now for decades and dioxin has a very long half-life as much as a hundred years in soil and 14 in the human body in the language of science dioxin is hydropotic and lithotic it hates water and loves fat it sinks into the sediment at the bottom of water bodies where it attaches to organic matter moving up the food chain from plankton to small aquatic animals and finally to fish In soil, it ends up in free-range chickens and ducks and their eggs. It becomes steadily more concentrated at each stage, a process known as bioaccumulation. 87% of dioxin enters the body through ingestion before migrating into fatty tissue, the liver, and breast milk. Um, I have to keep checking to see if I log myself out again by mistake. Okay, so um, fish and poultry are staples of the Vietnamese diet. A propaganda slogan. And I hope you're noticing some of these patterns here because remember the black people were what were they given? Forty acres and a mule? They never got. Okay. A is propag- a propaganda slogan. After the war was each home, one fish pond, one orchard. And aquaculture is a thriving business. Aquaculture, meaning fish and stuff, right? There are more than 30 ponds and small lakes on the air base itself. Remember the place I was talking about being loaded with dioxins? Okay, Uh, so this air base which they made the mistake. I think I think they made a mistake, right? They didn't they didn't mean to leave all these contaminated things around. This was a mistake, right? Please tell me it was a mistake. Please tell me people aren't this fucking evil. Of course it wasn't a mistake. They're careless, reckless psychopaths. Okay. So they have this propaganda slogan that you're all going to get a home, a fish pond and an orchard, okay? So now there's more than 30 ponds and small lakes on the air force base itself and several more around its perimeter. For years, These produced about 25 tons of fish a year, much of it consumed by residents of the base and some destined for local markets. Fishing at these places has been officially banned since 2010. So, what, 30 years they were fishing there? But enforcement is lax. People still fish. They risk being caught, but they sneak in anyway despite the warnings. The health effects don't appear right away, so they eat the fish and say, look, nothing happened to me. It's hard to know if a woman has high levels of dioxin, says a Vietnamese scientist, without knowing how can you tell her not to breastfeed. Her point was proved at Bien Hong Lake near this kin person's house. This was one of the earliest sites of contamination to be identified by scientists with sediments that tested more than 12 times the safe level. The threat was reduced, if not eliminated, 10 years ago when the Vietnamese government segregated the most contaminated soils in a temporary landfill. Even so, there are still no fishing signs around the lake. Despite that, on the evening before the airbase ceremony, a man with a spinning rod was sitting right next to one of them, unconcerned, catching small tilapia and tossing them back. Not big enough to eat, he said. The contamination of Bulong represents a much more serious challenge. After the spraying officially ended, more than a million gallons of Agent Orange was left over, and it was stockpiled at Bien Howe, awaiting shipment to Johnson Island, a remote facility in the South Pacific, for eventual incineration. Burning it up again. An operation known as Pacer Ivy. P-A-C-E-R Ivy. And I hope I'm wrong. I really am <laughs> sitting here thinking, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I got this burning thing all wrong, okay? I just really hope I got it wrong. But you know what? I don't think I got it wrong because I have been actively studying. My, I've taken my science role this last month very seriously. So the full extent of the problem was not discovered until USAID conducted its final environmental assessment in 2014 and 2015. That meant that Bulong which is not included in the air-based cleanup plan, missed out on a public education program that the University of Hanoi was conducting several years earlier. So they didn't realize that Boulong was that contaminated. So when they were doing this public information thing, they just happened to leave this particular base out, okay? On purpose? Reckless behavior? No concern for anybody outside themselves? Okay, and so because they were left off of this group, the article went on to say, but there is serious lack of information. Residents of Bulong need to know that they should avoid local foods like fish, free range chickens, ducks, and eggs. Mothers need to learn how to minimize the risk from breastfeeding their infants. Perhaps the most shocking statistic is the total daily intake of dioxin found in infants. Published, and this is critical, okay, because we get so few studies. So published, there was a study by the scientists at the, and this is important to know also, the Dioxin Laboratory in Hanoi. The World Health Organization, who are you going to call, stipulates a tolerable level, tolerable level, right, of one to four picograms. We'll keep this simple, okay, per grams. So that mean, that mean amount in breast milks in Boulogne was 80. So who are you going to call says 1 to 4, and the infants in Boulogne were getting 80, okay? Scientists have found that the greatest risk is to the firstborn child. When the mother breastfeeds for the first time, she excretes about half the dioxins in her, in her body into her milk. So in the first few weeks, we advise women to express some of their milk before they feed the dioxin. Oh, (coughs) sorry. Okay. So in the first time, she excretes about. half. So in the first few weeks, we advise women to express some of the milk before they feed the baby. (laughs) But it's hard to know if a particular woman has high levels of dioxin. Because the test needs sophisticated equipment, and each one costs hundreds of dollars. Oh is about the money. And without knowing, how could you tell her not to breastfeed? And then there's a story he went on to tell about this monk. <clears throat> when asked about the con- contamination in the canal, the monk looked puzzled. What contamination? The word dioxin" was unfamiliar to him. We used to bathe in the canal and we drew our water from a well until 10 years ago when the government put in running water, he said. I asked if he worried about the contamination, and he looked puzzled. What contamination? The word dioxin was unfamiliar to him. He knew about the remediation of the airbase, but not about the plan the Vietnamese government had recently announced to evacuate 300 people from the canal area starting in June. This guy frowned. This was news to him. No one has been here from the government, he said. I've always lived here, and I would surely have heard about it. In fact, he said land speculators had recently moved into the neighborhood, and new houses were being built near the canal. The latest just a few months ago. Now, where does this sound familiar? All the new houses they are rushing around building in San Francisco are on contaminated land? <laughs> Boy, they repeat these patterns, don't they? Okay, so now I'm going to... Um, Move on to the next phase of this horror show, and that will be um, what they're doing now with their friends at Monsanto. Okay, and this article is titled "55 Years After Agent Orange Was Used in Vietnam, One of Its Creators Is Surviving Here, Thriving Here." Monsanto is expanding in a country it once helped destroy. And this is written by a gentleman named Dien Luong, L-U-O-N-G. If you just type in those few words, you'll get right there. And it was written on 2017, and we're right now in 2023. So let's take a look at what they're up to now. <clears throat> Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam 55 years ago this month the U.S. Army began spraying millions of gallons of the toxic defoliant known as Agent Orange over large swaths of southern Vietnam today however instead of resentment and isolation from the U.S. the country is awash with American phobia Americanophilia mm. Ho Chi Minh City once once the capital of the U.S.-backed regime under the name of Saigon, is now teeming with McDonald's and Starbucks businesses. The present economic hub of Vietnam also boasts an increase in Apple stores, which see their clientele anxiously waiting for the debut debut, of the latest iPhone and are often considered by many here as an emblem of the cheek Americanization. Well, I think they would be hating the Americans' guts still there, but okay. And with a large portion of the population of more than 90 million born after 1975, the year the war ended, the masses tend to look forward to the future rather than dwell on the bitter past with the Americans. <clears throat> See, they always do this stuff. They say, like, well, you know, time to move on. Or they say, um, too soon. I- I've made comments. In the past, you know, like when some horrible person dies, I'll say to somebody who I thought was kind of in tune with things, I'll say, hey, did you see that so-and-so died? What a legacy they had. And these people have honestly said to me, come on, Diane, isn't it a little bit too soon to be dragging out? (laughs) Yeah, so we monitor each other. Okay, so next time you think about telling that to somebody else, why not just let them have their own emotions about these people dying? Why can't I say that that person was a warmonger and stuff a day after they're dead? I should wait for a week? A week makes it better? See how we've gotten so tied up in this stuff? And, okay. So, but this Americanization and what it ushers in, and this is all because of public relations and marketing and those movies, including the expansion of companies like biotech giant Monsanto... Risks bearing the history of Agent Orange that is alleged to have resulted in the deaths and injuries of hundreds of thousands of Vietnamese. To this day, the views on Monsanto's involvement in Agent Orange vary greatly. Both the United States and Monsanto have issued statements indicating that the chemical was made at the behest of the U.S. government. Monsanto has therefore claimed that it bears no direct responsibility. The Vietnamese government has a more complex perspective, never officially stating its stance on the responsibility of individual actors, but instead focusing on the general call for reparations for victims from all American actors involved. Monsanto's record in the country goes back at least half a century And it was first called upon by the U.S. government. Sorry, I have to keep checking to make sure I'm still logged on. (laughs) I don't think I'd have the energy to try to record this over again. Yeah, I'm still logged on. Okay, so. Okay, Monsanto's record in the country goes back at least a half a century when it was first called upon by the U.S. government to produce Agent Orange. Used by U.S. troops to strip Vietnamese forces of ground-level cover and food. The organization was one, a handful of companies that supplied the U.S. government with a chemical during the war. Between 19... This is a little repetitive, but I just want to keep thinking context, okay? But between 1961 and 1971, the U.S. sprayed more than 12 million gallons. Um, in 1997, just two years into the normalization of bilateral relations with the United States... Vietnam started to raise the Agent Orange issue in bilateral meetings. Then Communist Party Chief Dol Moy told then U.S. Secretary Robert Rubin that he hoped the two countries could work to resolve the issues surrounding Agent Orange. He hoped. He hoped. I'm going to start to sound like a pretty violent person, but he hoped. Nobody got punched in the face. He hoped, okay. (laughs) This has become Vietnam's official stance on Agent Orange on the diplomatic front. On the civil front, in 2004, the non-governmental organization, the Vietnamese Association for Victims of Agent Orange, filed a class action lawsuit in New York court against Monsanto and several other manufacturers of the toxic defolium. But that was the only lawsuit, wait a minute here, (laughs) Jesus, that was the only lawsuit Vietnam has ever brought against Monsanto and other chemical companies. The case was later dismissed in court. Monsanto also claims no responsibility for Agent Orange, saying the company is completely separated. Apart from its name from the version of Monsanto that aided in the creation of Agent Orange. Monsanto today and for the last decade has been focused solely on agriculture, says Charla Lord, a spokesperson for the company. But we share a name with a company that date back dates back to 1901. The former Monsanto was involved in a wide variety of businesses, including the manufacture of Agent Orange for the U.S. government. The U.S. courts have determined that the contractors who manufactured Agent Orange for the government are not responsible for damage claims associated with the military use of Agent Orange because the manufacturers were government contractors carrying out the instructions of government. Isn't that handy? And you realize that while they're cooking all this stuff up, they always label it confidential, right? Keep our eyes off, right? The U.S. government has also issued statements backing away from responsibility for deaths and devastation in Vietnam. Instead, it acknowledges a number of dire conditions, diseases, and fatalities as presumed to be associated with Agent Orange in its own veterans. Okay, this other thing was titled, GMOs are a scientific achievement of humankind, and Vietnam needs to embrace them as soon as possible, says the former Vietnamese agriculture minister, who is clearly in the pocket of the U.S. military, right? Look at, if you're in Vietnam, look what they did to Hawaii with the GMOs. I did a show about it. Look no further than Hawaii. Okay. Some 60 miles northeast of Ho Chi Minh City is Dong Nai Province. So these farmers, um, his generation of Vietnamese farmers associate Monsanto and its parties and its genetically modified seeds rather than the agent or deta- So they've already separated in their heads that this is a different company, right? But it's the same company. <laughs> okay. So uh, according to Lamb, the parties more officially known. So they were they had these events hosted by Monsanto, okay, and they're being held between 2000 and 2004, in line with Monsanto's genetically modified crops in Vietnam. But. This person doesn't affiliate Agent Orange with a Monsanto, so he does know the feelings of community that Monsanto created. See, Monsanto is this is all about public publicity, right? PR and marketing. Okay, um, so they had this big party. There were parties that lasted three days. He said of the events, which were meant as promotional outreach to farmers. Dozens of tents would be put up right in the fields to accommodate up to 400 farmers, and they were always as much fun as wedding parties. Well, that's a cheap way to pay people off, isn't it? Monsanto gatherings such as these were not uncommon here, especially with the company aiming to increase its contact with farmers around the country. We do hundreds of these launch events events in the field, seeing is believing, their livelihood depends on that. So um, their subsidiary, just so you take a note of this, um, Monsanto's subsidiary in Vietnam is called D-E-B-A-C, D-E-K-A-L-B, Vietnam. Okay, so that's the name you're going to look for. They always change their names around and stuff because that way you don't really have a direct head association with it, right? The debate over GMOs has divided activists and noble laureates alike, and that is no different when it comes to Monsanto in Vietnam. To Monsanto, genetically modified seeds are a more relevant topic today than the history of Agent Orange associated with a previous version of their company. This agrarian development, it says, serves to benefit farmers and produce greater yields due to the seed's resistance to insects, herbicides, and drought. The company believes, they believe it, that agricultural biotechnology is critical to the sustainability of agriculture in Vietnam and the region. The organization says it believes genetically modified corn is crucial for a company that imported around 600 metric tons of corn in 2015. I did a whole show about corn, so I'm not going to go on a rampage here. The government of Vietnam really believes that this country can become self-sufficient, and the technology will help the farmers. So, uh, I don't know. Um, they're selling it in Vietnam again. Um, they always circle back and sell the same deadly stuff. Um, Vietnam, at the as a logical conclusion to efforts to improve yield and feed a population of 90 million at reasonable cost, in addition to bolstering the food security. Anti-GMO activists point to the International Assessment of Agricultural Knowledge, Science, and Technology for Development report, which concluded that the high cost of seeds and chemicals, uncertain yields, and the potential to undermine local food security makes biotechnology a poor choice for the developing world. Well, of course it's a poor choice. That's why they gave it to him, right? Do you think they're giving these people in developing countries good choices? According to the environmental activist group Greenpeace, one of the most boisterous... Greenpeace is one of the most boisterous critics of GMOs. Genetic engineering enables scientists to create plants, animals, and microorganisms by manipulating genes in a way that does not occur naturally. Back in Da Nang province, this person named Lamb, L-A-M, a soft-spoken 64-year-old farmer, seems undaunted by the debates. He has been growing Monsanto's genetically modified corn on 7,000 square meters of what was once paddy fields since the seeds were first planted in Vietnam in December of 2014. Sitting in a makeshift hut in the middle of one field, Lamb spoke admirably ad, admirably about his first two harvests and the fact that his profits increased by up to 20%. The farmer, however, does not seem to believe that Monsanto was one of the companies that manufactured Agent Orange. Instead, he focuses on the potential for the new technology to increase the profits of his farm and passes the toxic devastation off as a possible act by the U.S. government. The fact that, um, let me see here. He said, I trust my government to make the right decision for its people. Okay. With With access limited to Vietnamese publications, even reading about Monsanto in local publications would not have helped. Until recently, Vietnamese media had more or less given Monsanto and GMOs a free pass. Only after April 2015, when the first GMO corn crop was harvested, did the country's two biggest print newspapers run stories questioning the feasibility of cultivating GMOs and the rationale for Monsanto's returns. When exposed to information on Monsanto's involvement in the war, however, Lamb calls the lack of information on the company dangerous, but is still dismissive and questions its validity, instead placing trust in his government and the company. If all allegations against Monsanto are true, then that is a major concern, he said. I would have boycotted Monsanto's products if they really are that harmful but i trust the government to make the right decision for its people the fact that people like lamb are unable to accept okay the fact that people like lamb are unable to accept the already stated connection between monsanto and agent orange is the flip side of the company's rising profile in vietnam And it is forcing activists to grapple with some vexing questions. Why has Monsanto been able to come back and easily sell a product that has divided scientists across the globe? And why are Vietnam and its farmers so welcoming of the Agent Orange maker, which has continued to deny responsibility for the deaths of so many? Despite tensions over differing opinions on Monsanto's complicity in the use of Agent Orange, the company has recently been licensed to cultivate three GMO corn varieties for animal feed in Vietnam and aims to have seven approved by the end of the year. Local media has praised Monsanto for making donations to top agriculture universities, and educational NGOs. Indeed, Monsanto has provided funds to the Vietnam Red Cross, which keeps count of the number of victims of Orange (laughs) Cross. Wait a minute. Okay. Monsanto has been providing funds to the Vietnam Red Cross. The Vietnam Red Cross is the one who is keeping count of the numbers of victims of Agent Orange. And they now say it's estimated three million. So if you trust any of this information, I would say if they're saying three million, I'd say a hundred million, okay. While many have been critical of Monsanto's investment in the Vietnam Red Cross, the company recently indicated in a blog post on its website that its funding to the Vietnam Red Cross was part of its larger efforts to support the Vietnam War. In a recent blog post, Monsanto said that the project aimed to provide sustainable assistance to the communities in need, adding that the partnership with the Vietnam Red Cross helped to improve lives of 2,000 rural households via providing a fund to provide sanitary conditions, among other things. The reasons for Vietnam's trust in Monsanto are varied and complex. Raging, raging, I'm raging, they're ranging. Okay, complex, ranging from the country's need to grow more grain and provide more protein for its growing middle class to a broad desire to make peace with the United States and enjoy the fruits of a new trade pact. The American-led Trans-Pacific Partnership. The focus on improving economic relations is also part of a campaign by the government to rebuild trust and trade in a country it once obliterated. It is a campaign... Oh, this was from a few years ago. It was was a campaign emphasized by that evil Barack (laughs) Obama... Okay. It was a campaign emphasized by U.S. President Barack Obama, the black guy they brought in to blow up Yemen... On a recent three-day visit to Vietnam, the trip aimed to submit trade partnerships between the two countries and ensure Vietnam remains a useful bulwark against China in the region. <laughs> yeah. They want Vietnam to be in front of the U.S. and China. Okay. The groundwork for the rise of American companies and expansion of GMO crops in Vietnam, especially Monsanto, has in fact been many years in the making. The company, with the assistance of the U.S. government, has been establishing its economic and cultural presence in the country since relations between the two nations were restored in 1995. Vietnam won the military battle against the U.S. but lost the economic battle because it could not thrive without foreign capital. American banks... Okay. (laughs) Always those banks, right? There was a quote from a book called Brother Enemy, the war after the war. American banks and oil companies were invited to Hanoi as early as 1976 to explore trade and financial relations but the Americans opted for a trade embargo that crippled the country until 1995 the very year the US lifted the trade embargo Monsanto opened a representative office in Vietnam and began its outreach program to approach Vietnamese farmers and partners According to public documents from that liar, Julian Assange, with WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks and Wiki... This is how they tell us what they're really doing, right? They act like they're exposing something? Okay. I was here somewhere. Give me a second. Um, The U.S. Embassy in Vietnam arranged for what activists called monsanto leading scientists to visit the country and preach the alleged benefits of GMOs while Vietnam was drafting biotech regulatory laws in Vietnam a decade ago. Chief among them was Paul Ting, an internationally known, renowned biotech expert from Singapore. What would this guy have to say? Um, he was a keynote speaker. These people, the scientists, they all come out of the Vatican Okay, so let's let's hone in on this guy here, right? Paul Ting. What Paul do? Paul was a Paul Ting, T-E-N-G, was a keynote speaker at a series of U.S. Embassy-sponsored conferences on biotech development in Vietnam in 2008. Just two years after the government drafted a blueprint to develop GMO crops. Oh, that, funny how that happened, right? He was himself, this person, Ting, Paul Ting, T-E-N-G, a senior executive for Monsanto in Asia from between 2000 and 2002. Starting to notice how all these people circulate. One day they're running the Fed Reserve. The next day they're working under Biden as the Fed. Yeah, they all. That's because there's not that many of them, kids. There's not that many of them, so they have to keep circling their positions. That's why I always find it so interesting about how he got so stumped by these people. Not that many of them, but they sure tricked a lot of us. Okay. Um, in an interview in January via Skype, Ting said he has no conflict of interest despite his time at Monsanto. He believes Vietnam had good reason to welcome the company back. The company already has a technology, he said, I think it's wise for any country to transfer the best technology it can use. It saves you time and catch up with other countries in terms of competitiveness and ability to produce more food. Okay. um, There was a book that was called um, Seeds of Deception. And it said that the Vietnamese government was getting skewed advice from the biotech industry and from their chief supporter, the U.S. government. The U.S. government also sent Vietnamese officials abroad to learn about biotech development, according to this update in the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In December 2007, the U.S. Embassy coordinated a week-long biology, excuse me, a week-long biotech study tour with eight senior Vietnamese officials one of the USDA reports indicated that the outcome of the visit was to make key connections with Monsanto after visiting a Monsanto biotech research facility in the US in 2009 this agriculture minister from Vietnam said people are scared of ghosts because they've never seen them Some are concerned about GMOs because they've never seen them. I've sent a letter to Monsanto asking them to bring their seeds to Vietnam, he told Vietnamese newspapers. It's just a matter of procedures. GMOs are a scientific achievement of humankind, and Vietnam needs to embrace them as soon as possible. According to a WikiLeaks cable, on September 2009, U.S. ambassador to Vietnam wrote to the Vietnamese person and said um, seeking removal of provisions requiring mandatory labeling of all GMO foods and agriculture products from the biosafety bill. So that's what they always do. What they do is they pass laws to make sure that none of the food is then labeled as um, you know they, do, they <laughs> it's just a trick Right they want to feed us GMO food, but they don't want to tell us that it is, right? Another cable quote of this person is saying, at a meeting with the Vietnam, a month later that the legislature legislation would also harm Vietnam's biotechnology program at a time. I don't know in crop, I don't know what that means, but so anyway, a bunch of big lies, right? Uh, the U.S. government has often declined to comment on the authenticity of WikiLeaks cables. However, Carrie Murphy, a State Department spokesperson, reiterated via email that biotechnology helps address global challenges of the growing demand for high-quality food, climate change, and other environmental pressures. Monsanto is just one of many companies in the U.S. and elsewhere, along with governments and research institutions, that are applying biotech to seek solutions for these global changes. So I don't know. um, This book, the seeds of, um, yeah, I I think I placed that one twice. Anyway, so. go look for that show I did about vaccines because that had to do with testing around farm communities and stuff where they're finding all of this um, autism and stuff and that that has to do with Monsanto and there's also a uh, I couldn't think of it and I still can't think of it but there's another very toxic thing that's in the water and it's actually making fish um, frogs get two sexes I can't remember name of it but it's in that vaccine thing so those are a couple of the chemicals you also want to pay attention to um okay where was i hear it uh that you know the veterans er- everybody just really got screwed in this vietnam deal okay uh, monsanto does have a few vocal opponents in vietnam chief among them is new thing ben b-i-n-h Vietnam's vice president from 1992 to 2002. Funny how they always see the light when they get out of the office, right? In 2004, she enlisted international support for the class action lawsuit brought against Monsanto and other chemical companies. That same year, the Vietnamese government endorsed a class. Well, they got denied, right? So um, That was the same court that heard the only previous lawsuit against Agent Orange the lawsuit was settled in 1984 when Monsanto and several other American chemical companies reached a settlement with the plaintiffs paying out $180 million, uh, over 12 years. I, I, I haven't, I have to say that, I'm sad to say that I don't know enough about this right here. Um, all I know is that the U.S. veterans got screwed, and I wish I had had more time to look into how bad it was, but... I'm sorry, but I don't. But all I can say is the U.S. military veterans themselves got a huge in this deal, okay? And the amazing thing is is that if you look outside of um, veterans' hospitals in this country, there, there's, there's camps, camps, camps of veterans that camp out, that can't afford rent, that camp out outside of veterans' hospitals in this country. They're waiting there for services, which they're going to get... Well, anyway, they're waiting there for services. And the saddest part about this is they live in blue tents outside of the Veterans Administration building, okay? And the saddest part is they actually fly American flags. This is how, you know, (laughs) still love the country that beat them to pieces, right? So, um... I, I gotta read what she had to say. Um... She said that, uh... She said, she, she's actually trying to do something good, so I need to talk about what she's saying. Um, she said, GMOs were categorized under the fancy umbrella of biotechnology. There's been a growing belief among academics that it is a great agriculture innovation. Any objection to them is tantamount to being backwards and conservative. This person went on to warn of the biotech's dark past in this country's history and worries about its future here. She does, however, have the ears of this other person who lived through both wars, and the government must ask Monsanto to apologize to the victims aged orange and their families as a Vietnamese people. Monsanto must also compensate and affected victims properly. But Vin's voice and voices of people appear to be lost to those in the government, many of whom see GMOs and Monsanto as promised land. It is in this context that it seems unlikely that anything can stop the Monsanto push in Vietnam. Vietnam now looks like the GMO crops... Excuse me, GMO now looks to have the GMO crops on 30 to 50% of its farmlands by 2020, so it's already a done deal. This will not stop people and other victims of the war from voicing their concerns. If we are overly con- accommodating, we will inve- me. if we are overly accommodating, we will inevitably surrender our culture. He said, all we want is justice. Well, when you're dealing with psychopaths, you're not going to get justice, okay um, you You can sing this tune all you want, but as long as you take money from these people, as long as you cooperate with these people, as long as you have anything nice to say to these people. They will use you, toss you out, and abuse you at every single term. That is how evil works. They have to draw us in. They don't show their fangs and stuff when they first meet somebody. They draw you in by being friendly, nice, and congenial, right? Like, you're, your country is all they want to do to help you out, right? And let's let bygones be bygones. We were back here with all this USA money and our friends at Monsanto to help pollute your earth first. So anyway, so I'm going to close off for now. I hope that you will be safe out there. I hope that you will hear what I'm saying. And let's try to show some solidarity today to the people in Vietnam. And I will say it. I'm dreadfully sorry, people of Vietnam. Dreadfully sorry. I'm sorry I came from this country. Fuck you, U.S. military. Just fuck all of you and your dickless wonders. Look what you've done to everybody. Just fuck all of you. We should have knocked you out of your seats the first time you suggested war. We don't know this level of hate. That's who you are, not who we are. And fuck all of you.